Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is October 9th. I'm Lorraine Cáceres. These are today's headlines. The Trump White House dramatically escalating its battle with Congress, announcing that it will not comply with any requests for information surrounding the House impeachment inquiry. Just days after President Trump announced the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Syria, the Turkish government has begun a military offensive inside that country. Residents in the war-torn nation reportedly in huge panic. And Mexico says goodbye to the Prince of Song. The remains of Jose Jose laid to rest in Mexico City. This and much more today on You News, recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. We begin in Washington with the latest developments in the impeachment inquiry. President Trump now refusing to cooperate in any capacity with the investigation. His lawyers saying the way the inquiry is being carried out is unconstitutional and saying that allowing it would have lasting effects on the executive branch. But Democrats showing no signs they'll be backing down, issuing new subpoenas. The president this morning feeling confident on the 2020 election results, tweeting the do-nothing Democrats are con artists looking to hurt the Republican Party and the president. Their total focus is 2020, nothing more and nothing less. The good news is that we will win. This after sending a letter to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and three House committees saying he won't cooperate with the impeachment inquiry. Your inquiry is constitutionally invalid and violates basic due process rights and the separation of powers. A lawyer for the president writing, because participating in this inquiry under the current unconstitutional posture would inflict lasting inconstitutional harm on the executive branch and lasting damage to the separation of powers, you have left the president no choice. The president claiming Democrats haven't provided fundamental fairness in allowing him to cross-examine witnesses or have access to evidence and again calling for a full House vote. The president is obstructing, obstructing Congress from getting the facts that we need. Uh, he has said it's an abuse of power for him to act in this way. The president can stonewall, but it's not going to change the outcome. It's actually most likely only going to increase the outcome of him being formally impeached by the House. Most Republican lawmakers are echoing the president's sentiments. This whole thing is a fairy tale. Adam Schiff is misleading you, and you're playing along with it. Others say they need more details. Let's get the facts and let, put all the facts out, not only in front of the House, potentially in the Senate, but we don't know that yet, but certainly in front of the American people. Meanwhile, the whistleblower at the center of it all is back in the spotlight after detailing in a two-page memo that a White House official who listened in on Trump's phone call with the president of Ukraine was visibly shaken and described the call as crazy and frightening, saying it was completely lacking in substance related to national security. The president reacting to the memo saying on Twitter, the whistleblower and others spoke before seeing the transcript. Now they must apologize to me and stop this ridiculous impeachment. And the next person to testify before Congress is Ambassador Marie Jovanovic on Friday. Secretary Pompeo ignored questions today from the media regarding whether she'll be allowed to appear before Congress after the administration canceled the deposition of the EU ambassador yesterday. 
Meanwhile, in New York, Michael Cohen, President Trump's former attorney and fixer, is expected to meet this month with state prosecutors. The district attorney is investigating whether the Trump organization falsified business records. Cohen has knowledge of hush money payments to two women who claim they had affairs with Trump in advance of the 2016 election. Trump denies those affairs. This will be the third time Cohen has met with investigators. Officials say Cohen was currently serving a three year sentence for campaign finance violations is not looking to trade information for a lighter sentence. If deemed credible, Cohen could testify before a grand jury. Turkish forces have launched a military offensive into the northeastern part of that country just days after the Trump administration announced it was pulling U.S. troops back from the border area. Claudia Osedia is in Washington, D.C. with the latest. Claudia? That's right, and many are already condemning the attacks. We are talking about Germany, NATO, and the European Union. They are all saying to Turkey that this will make that region more unstable. And what we're hearing is that roads in the area are choked with people escaping from being attacked. Overnight, Turkish forces move into position. They are preparing for an assault against Syrian Kurdish fighters they regard as terrorists, even though they are a key U.S. ally in the fight against ISIS. This military offense comes after President Trump announced the withdrawal of U.S. troops from the border area. This allowed Turkey to follow through on his threat to invade this part of Syria. Hundreds of thousands of civilians took to the streets to protest the U.S. withdrawal. Trump's move has been criticized even within his own party. Some are calling it a betrayal, but the president says he isn't abandoning the Kurds. We've told Turkey, I spoke with President Erdogan of Turkey, and I said, uh, got to treat him good, you got to take care of ISIS. His former general says that the decision to pull troops out was not planned well. Disappointment that we're letting down our partners, perhaps adding to the humanitarian disaster in this region, and that we may be ceding a hard-won strategic advantage to play a role in what is admittedly turning into a lengthy and difficult process to bring a political solution to this troubled area. News reports says that senior military leaders were involved in the decision to pull out U.S. troops. President Trump said this morning via Twitter that already 50 U.S. troops have left Syria. He insisted that he doesn't want the U.S. involved in that region and that this is not our fight. Now back to you. Thank you, Claudia, for that report. And now to the latest attempt by the Trump administration to crack down on legal immigration, a new rule set to go into effect next month that will reject visa applications from immigrants who the government deems unable to pay health insurance or cover health care costs in the U.S. Dulce Castellanos takes a look at this, what this all means. The presidential proclamation that will deny entry to legal immigrants who cannot pay for medical insurance would disqualify the majority of applicants, 65 percent, according to an analysis by the Migration Policy Institute. 
Esta proclamación. This is not about ensuring everyone has medical coverage, but rather it seeks to change the spirit and face of immigration, said the spokesperson for the California Immigrant Policy Center. The new rule requires that green card applicants prove they will obtain health coverage within 30 days of entering the country or demonstrate the ability to pay for foreseeable medical costs. When someone's applying at the embassy, at the consulate, they don't have to, a right of having a, an attorney or a legal representative next to them. And this leaves open a lot of discretion by the immigration officer. It opens up the profiling. If the officer believes that this applicant will be unable to buy health insurance, that's enough for him to deny the case. Silvia Andrade plans on petitioning her brother and sister in Mexico, but with the new requirement, she doesn't think it will be possible to reunify with them. I'm worried because I don't have money to buy insurance. Policy analysts believe it will be a barrier for immigrants who do not have job offers that provide health insurance or a spouse in the U.S. whose insurance plan they can join. Immigrants who are eligible for a visa could obtain medical coverage under Medicare, but if they use it, they run the risk of being considered a public charge. These people have waited in line, sometimes up to 30 years. They have applied through the proper, proper channels. They are now going in front of an immigration officer to get their immigrant visa. However, Donald Trump now wants to put another requisite. The Migration Policy Institute added that this measure seems to be a move toward the Trump administration's goal to change the immigration system into one based on merits and not family reunification. The new rule is set to begin on November 3rd. In Los Angeles, Dulce Castellanos. You news. And now to the ongoing humanitarian situation at the border. Customs and Border Patrol releasing new statistics about how many people have been caught while trying to cross the dividing line between the U.S. and Mexico in one year. Paola Byron breaks down the numbers. White House officials announced that there were almost one million border arrests in fiscal year 2019, which ended in September. It is the year with the most arrests since 2007, according to Mark Morgan, the interim commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency. These numbers are numbers that no immigration system in the world is designed to handle, including ours. According to the numbers, border authorities made more than 975,000 arrests during fiscal year 2019. It was also indicated that the arrests increased 88 percent during this fiscal year. In addition, it was reported that 71 miles of the new border fence has already been built while President Trump has been in office. And it's not just a wall, it's a wall system integrating lighting, technology and access roads. This wall system is essential to our nation's border security. The month with the most arrests was May with more than 144,000. The month with the fewest was September with more than 52,000. There are no more families, no more ticket sales, nothing. The truth is that it is very lonely. The families are no longer there. Mexico's efforts are leading the way. Mexico's continued support of MPP and enhanced border security efforts along their southern border, in the interior, and along the U.S.-Mexico border is something really for the history books. In McAllen, Texas, reported by Pedro Rojas, Paola Byron, U News. In Southern California, an investigation is underway after a brutal attack is caught on video. The 12-year-old victim says she was beaten up by bullies during school hours. Now the girl's mother wants action. Salvador Duran explains. It was a chaotic scene at Mesalinda Middle School in the desert town of Adelanto, California. 
as a group of young teenage girls violently attacked a 12-year-old classmate in what her friends and family are calling a case of bullying. The victim, who in the video cries out for help, is Marilyn Carmona. She says she did nothing to provoke her attackers from punching her and kicking her. It hurts right here more in my head. Sometimes I'm scared of honestly because I don't know if I'm going to take my last breath or anything. That's the scary part. And that's why I don't sleep sometimes because I'm scared. Marilyn was left with bruises all over her body, most notably on her face and her legs. When her mother, Jacqueline Savala, found out about the assault, she immediately filed a police report and is now asking for criminal charges to be filed against the students who hurt her daughter. I'm giving everything I can, fighting for my daughter's safety and everybody else's safety because it's scary to see her go through something like this. In class, I will start crying because like, I don't know what's going to happen. Anytime it can happen. Yeah. And you don't know yeah. they have a weapon with them too, for sure, yeah. how it's a group of yeah. girls. Do you want to go back to school or not to that school? The seventh grader says that the aggressors had been bullying her since the beginning of the school year. She tried to ignore them, but did not prevent the attack. Police detectives are already investigating the assault. We have asked Adelanto's school district if the aggressors seen in the video have been disciplined, but the district is closed this week for vacation and no one has responded. They will reopen all schools on Monday. In a joint decision, Marilyn and her mother decided that she's not going to go back to that campus. And as of now, they're researching other schools in the area where she can feel safer. In Adelanto, California, I'm Salvador Duran, U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. Your News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your News, your world, your news on Fusion. Welcome back to U News. Today in Mexico, the partial ashes of legendary Prince of Song, Jose Jose, arriving back in his home country. Plans for today, an event to celebrate his life as well as a funeral mass, then a ceremony at a cemetery in the capital city. Maitin Teriano is on the ground covering all of the day's events. Maitin, what's the mood there? Thank you, Lorraine. It has been a day full of emotions and Mexico City and the whole country have been waiting for this moment. El Príncipe de la Canción, how they call him in Spanish, or the Prince of the Song, Jose Jose has arrived back to Mexico. Not his body, but his ashes. The, his, two, his son and his daughter were able to bring him aboard on a flight that um, came from, from Miami after they gave him a very well-deserved homenaje or a very well, uh, very well uh, needed goodbye in the city of Miami, but here in Mexico City, right here in El Palacio de Bellas Artes, for approximately four or five hours, you could hear music, the best of the best. We're here, the mariachis, the opera singers, were performing the best of his songs and we're making a tribute for him. Thousands of people has arrived, were lined up since very early in the morning, and even though the body of Jose Jose or the ashes of Jose Jose have left, people are still here waiting and singing his songs that you can hear at a distance. Like you were telling right at this 
moment. He's being transported to the Basilica de Guadalupe where he will be having a mass. And right after that, he will be visiting for one last time the place or the, the neighborhood where he grew up. And then he will be um, laid to rest uh, right beside where his mother laid to rest as he had wished. It's been a day full of emotions, as I, as I have said, uh, but definitely one that the, the Mexican country, the me people from Mexico City have been waiting to say a nice farewell to what they call the idol, a legend, Jose Jose. Lorraine, back to you. Thank you so much, Mighty Jose Jose, definitely such a beloved artist. We'll be watching the latest details. Thank you. Let's go now to Annabelle Sedano with what's trending, including a proposal to increase wages of Uber and Lyft drivers. Annabelle, take it away. Hi there, that's right. And we begin with this. The fight for higher wages for Uber and Lyft drivers continues. In Los Angeles, a proposal asked that drivers working in L.A. for ride-hailing services be paid a minimum of $30 an hour. It would require the companies to pay drivers a wage of $15 per hour, along with $15 an hour for operating expenses like gas, insurance, and basic wear and tear on a driver's vehicle. And listen to this. By 2020, some 80% of businesses will be monitoring employees. That's according to a study done with large companies. It suggests that anyone who works on a company-issued computer or phone and goes into the firm's network, they can get access to all of your activity. So why, you ask? Well, according to the study, they are looking to monitor email, text, social media exchanges, and our movements to gauge happiness. You know what I say to that? Just ask. And finally, Tesla owners may soon have cars that sound like horses or goats or farts. Yeah, farts, you heard right. CEO Elon Musk tweeted his company plans to launch customizable horn and movement sounds for its cars, which will help warn pedestrians they're in motion. Since they run so quietly, most manufacturers opt for a futuristic wiring sound, but Musk wants coconuts, goats, and flatulence. And he may give owners the green light to upload their own sounds for the car's horns. What could possibly go wrong there? I don't know. I'm Anna Sedano, and that was your Daily Dose of Tech News. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.